At the 550 in the Caracatta, Amelia's on fire, will bring them for home. A length and a half to Jericho Missile, worked upon by Pike. Rio Del Mar down on the inside, following the stable mate into the home corner from Rubik Rose. Miss West Coast has been parked wide all the way. Further back is 10 Snip, Pure Dynamite down near the inside. At the 200, it's Amelia's on fire. Miss West Coast about to draw level though. Miss West Coast are now getting through, dig deep with his run. Miss West Coast dig deep, deeper around 10 snip they hit the line dig deep did that and won hello everyone and welcome to episode 19 of the one one your west australian racing podcast my name is bj ryan teaming up with the perth racing guru terry layton and it's caracatta plate week terry must bring back some fantastic memories yeah, g'day bernard it certainly does i'm uh, i'm sitting in the uh in the office at the moment with the Big dig deep uh, framed picture uh, hanging over my head, and uh, yeah, it does. It brings back some very nice memories. It's uh, it's disappointing we can't be out there. Uh, all us owners actually planned on a bit of a get together, a bit of a one year reunion for the day out at Ascot, but uh, instead it'll be a a beer on the couch and uh, probably watch a few replays of it uh, the night before. I'd say. Yeah. So those uh, listeners who aren't familiar which i find no, hard, who, to, hard not, to believe who's not familiar come on who's not familiar with it Cross. uh well well actually the returning to scale jared noski and dig deep is the actual logo of the one one w racing podcast so um those of you who who do not know though terry is a terry and his friends and um his late father are part owners of dig deep and um last year's caricature plate winner so you know like young people get into the game they want to own racehorses and they want to own a good one what's just tell the listeners what what's it actually like to win a race like the caracatta plate as an owner uh euphoric i think it would vary person to person in regards to um the love of the game but obviously i i bet a lot and enjoy enjoy uh, a winner when i back one but the uh the feeling is uh is unrivaled in, in that sense i've only ever had um one winning horse i've owned a lot of them but uh dictate winning a maiden and then at his third start winning a caricata uh, is the only actual success i've had and it's uh yeah, it's it's unrivaled, and I'm sure it's amplified uh, in a group two, and it's probably also amplified by the twelve pints I had beforehand. So um, <laughs> yeah. it was a uh, yeah, it was something we'll uh, we'll never ever forget. I'm sure. Can we get some audio onto the uh, now? We're uh, for those unaware, we're doing the podcast remotely, which is uh, quite disappointing for Bernard because he doesn't get one of my steak sandwiches uh, <laughs> cooked for him in the in the early afternoon. But um, are there any chance of getting a little bit of uh, without because tech. Technology isn't really my thing, uh, as, as most people are probably aware. Uh, any chance of getting the uh, Dig Deep Did That and One, Darren McAuliffe, um, little snippet yeah, for the podcast? D- Darren McAuliffe's, yeah, fantastic call of Darren McAuliffe, last sorry, year's yeah. Caracatta play. I'll talk to Jen, our, our yeah. producer. We'll get get her on the case. That might oh. be a little little lead-in. Might have to change the intro music I, this week. I too. was about to say that. That would absolutely do me. Yeah, I'd, I'd love that. So thank you, Jen. Okay. So, yeah, it is Caracatta Plate Week. And I'll tell you what, this card on Saturday is an absolute oh. ripper. Terry, can't wait to get stuck into the preview. No, nah, it's an absolute cracker barrel of a card, isn't it? So I, um, I'm not too keen early in the card on many uh, many large investments, but as we progress, I think there's um, a couple that are – when are we recording? 20 past 11. There's a couple of um, really nice-looking prices early, so let's hope they hold up and we can um, try and have a fill-up because it's been a little bit of a – 
a battle recently. Actually, while, while we're discussing it, BJ, good um, good segue, which there wasn't actually a segue. Um, just wanted to, we've had a little bit of positivity and, and you know me, I don't want to be too positive. I like to quickly get into a negative mindset. Um, <laughs> yesterday's riding at Ascot, I just needed to discuss some of the negativity and some of the fear. I felt there was fearful riding um, around William Pike. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick out two examples in particular and I'm Sorry to, to point fingers, but uh, firstly, the ride uh, on Cornflower by Paddy Carberry when he let Caragini Aurora from the wide gate into the 1-1. So it was a track where you wanted to be closer to the speed. Paddy had the 1-1, but he's, um, he's eased. Instead of keeping Pikey on the hot pot out wide, he's eased and said, have the 1-1, Will, which was just... To me, absolutely madness. I think I described it to you as the worst ride of 2020 today, but I say that about every third ride, so that wouldn't be anything new. I get, and the I other get one regular, was, uh, Jason, I get regular <laughs> updates about that. that. I'm, I'm good at not tweeting it now. Um, and the other one was uh, Jason Whiting on Ensign Pulver, a uh, bit of a roughie. Beret was obviously about fifty, pretty short in the market, and um, didn't begin all that well. Um, and Jace had the ability to go to the fence and probably leave Pike fall back the fence and would have been all very close to her, would have been in a world of hurt from there. He saw him sort of around the position. He decided to ease really defensive, 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 fearful riding, and um, and he, he himself has ended up three deep from barrier three, which, yes, I was on that one, so I, I'm talking out of my pocket there. But uh, all in all, I think they're just there's a bit of fear around William Pike at the moment. So, boys, come on, let, let's attack him. Let's not give him anything simple and... Um, Let's make him uh, earn his wins, eh? Yeah, with the Jensen Pulver one, I think Jason Whiting may there there, there may have been a little bit of uh, shuffling or a little bit of interference um, up ahead of him, which sort of uh, forced his hand a touch. But, but yeah, look, William William Pike I, I, William Pike gets has a competitive advantage. Not only is he on most is mostly on the best horse in every race. Um, it's you know like. A lot of people would like to follow him in running because he's going to take them into the race, um, and uh, and yeah, he's uh, he yeah he's just he just has some competitive advantages just from the position that he holds in in the game. But um, but yeah, it, it would be good to to um, to see them you know the his his fellow riders just make it that little bit harder for him at times that's you know for sure. you know what is funny actually because i've actually had a pretty rough uh, rough little stint with william two of the last times i backed him were um a no surrender in the first yesterday where he's, he's wobbled off on the bend and and noski's got the run on mta that uh, that pike would usually get which i i couldn't quite believe and um and the other one was adornment when I'm telling jockeys not to make it easy for him. Craig Staples on juicing carrots. This is last Saturday Beach. Yeah, uh, you'd probably remember this. And yep. basically, that that cost adornment the race um, with Craig basically saying, "I'm not going to let you out of this hole unless you you're going to work to get out of the hole." Basically, okay. So, so pause um, for a moment. So yes, do you do you think that Craig Staples did the right thing? Hundred percent, he did. He, he held his line. Good. He held his line. Hundred percent. So, would but you like I, to see? I, I would you like to see more of that from the from the? Riders? It depends if I. It depends if I back them or not. <laughs> mate, to be honest, I, with thought, <laughs> I thought that was going to be the answer. Yeah. No, I, I was on adornment, but that was a real. I was a really good ride from from Craig to, to do what he did and um, and hold him in that pocket. You see, when, whenever I'm whenever I back a horse and Pike is in the one one. Um, and your uh, leader's back, I always straight, and, and there's no cutaway. I'm usually thinking, shit, I'm in a world of hurt here. Yep. He just doesn't let you out. Pontiff is another one that just doesn't let you out. Um, it, it's, it's, you've got to be very mindful in that situation. But I think some of the others could, um, could take probably a little bit of a leaf um, 
out of that book and just say, well, I might not going to be, I might not win it, but I'm going to hold my racing line, not going to make it easy for you. Speaking of that, I did like the fact that um, she's a first first season apprentice, Victoria Corva. She rode Sauve Guard at Ascot yesterday. Mm-hmm. Never deviated from the fence, which is a bit of a lost art. She led on Sauve Guard, had baby blues on her heels, never deviated from the fence. And that, you know, Maintaining that line almost won her the race. Paul Harvey had to produce a bit of bit of um, bit of old pontiff magic to get out of a pocket and still yeah, still win. Was, everybody was going nuts about that ride on uh, on social media. I thought he was on the best horse by five, and he just showed a bit of strength at the right time to get out. I don't think the ride deserved all that all the plaudits. No, the no, he, he, the plaudits. He, he, oh, but there was a lot of other people. There's, there was a yeah, I don't know. I found it very odd that people were, were talking about how good a ride it was. I, yeah, I think he just had to get out with at least with 100 to go and um, he was going to win the race. So, yeah, he yeah, got himself yeah. out of a jam. But, I mean... Indeed. Should have pushed out the top of the bend. The uh, the Pontiff is in ominous form and he'll obviously mm. be riding odds on pop and absolute uh, outstanding Colt, Gemma's son in the Karakata Plate. But how good was... just Let's just go back to something a bit more positive, Terry. How good was last Saturday the, uh, the get-out stakes... Oh. We're we're all, we're all over cryptic love, and it was just mm-hmm. the pontiff of old just lifted it over the line. It was it was a, a thing of beauty in the last race at Ascot last Saturday. Yeah, well, I, I've been saying for a while. I think cryptic love should be probably should have seven, eight, nine career wins, and probably should be racing just just close to the black type level, um, not far from now. And that that was a really nice ride. I mean, it was also a really nice ride um, on the second horse, who was extremely well commissioned, uh, Ocean's Fifteen, with Noski finding the back of Sweet Dreaming in the three wide line. And uh, Sweet Dreaming obviously um, ran third and gave him a really good card up into the race. But it probably made that win of um, Paul Harvey and and the horse Cryptic Love uh, that little bit more impressive because. Uh, um, yeah, he had to. Well, he was always going to have to do it the hard way from from barrier fourteen, but uh, to run the quickest last two of the day as well. Uh, yeah, I think we'll see. Uh, I think we'll see her um, going through the grades quickly. Very similar to Stablemate Media Baron, who finally does come into a black type race uh, on Saturday. Yeah, we'll be discussing Media Baron at length, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was for, for us old timers, Terry. To it just it was a wave of nostalgia seeing the the Pontiff just. Uh, descend on them later uh, i felt, felt like i was in a time machine on saturday so that was uh that was awesome and wa racing is uh is much better for having um paul harvey out there to to take it up to to the wizard and um and it just just makes for a better product all round so staying on last saturday we were well everyone um considered Tuscan Queen to be an absolute moral in the W.O. Oaks. And, uh, and yeah, it was, it was quite a competitive race. A few of the jockeys tried to make a few moves um, after, after they went very, very slowly early. But um, her class shone through late and she drew clear for a pretty dominant victory in the Cerise and White. That's 11 W.O. Oaks now for Bob Peters, seven for Team Williams combined, and a fifth Oaks for William Pike. Tuscan Queen will move on to next Saturday's WATC Derby. Will no mm-hmm. doubt be odds on again. And I don't know, should just win, Terry. What do you think? Yeah, she should be. I mean, the danger is um, if she draws, 
a sticky barrier and Pike has to go well back and Red Hot Tip tries to nick it like he did in the Mel Vista. That's probably the, the danger, but um, she should be winning all things being equal. She should appreciate the more genuine tempo through the middle stages as well, I'd suggest. I mean, I think My Fair Ballantyne led the, the race on the weekend um, and My Fair Ballantyne would never have settled uh, that close in her life. So, um, yeah, she'll appreciate a, a stronger tempo in the in the 2,400 metres of the Derby. Yeah, yeah, she's she's a class a class above the Tuscan Queen and the um, the WA there was an announcement uh, in the last twenty four hours that um, some of the consequences and some of the um, some of the upheaval following COVID nineteen has meant that uh, WA Racing has taken a twenty percent stakes reduction across the board, meaning next week's Derby will be run for three hundred twenty thousand. Previously, it was worth four hundred. So. $80,000 reduction in next Saturday's WATC Derby. So, it, um, yeah, look, I think everyone is fully aware that there's going to be some um, tough times ahead uh, for WA Racing and Australian Racing and actually probably Thoroughbred Racing worldwide and actually for everyone, to be fair. I don't think any yep. industry is going to be um, uh, going to come through this uh, situation we find ourselves in unscathed. So, um, but, yeah, it's just... It's just it's just a necessity with the downturn in um, in the economy and the downturn in in wagering and, and all those sorts of things. So, um, but it's the thing. It's just important that the industry rallies and and um, and uh, we just I, you know it's it's remarkable that we're still going at the moment. So if we can keep going and keep the industry um, plodding along through this current crisis, then um, there's a bit of hope there for uh, for everyone involved in the game. Terry, concur. Extremely well said, Bernard. So, um, on a brighter note, we do ha- we did see some we have seen some pretty bloody good horses trialing recently. We saw Bunbury on the twenty third of March, Angelic Ruler. She looked very sharp in her trial. Massimo, uh, one of my favourites, Massimo. He was he moved well in his trial also. Now uh, there was a set of trials on Tuesday, and star- Summer Carnival stars Flirtini and Samizdat were back in action. Now. Obviously, those four are, you know, elite talents. Speaking of elite talents, let's get another mention in for the people's champ. Where's Dig ah, Deep? Where is Dig very, Deep, Terry? Very good. How many group twos are those horses won, by the way? <laughs> Sorry, actually, I actually tuned out. I didn't know. I actually genuinely tuned out when you were talking then. Um, <laughs> Dig Deep will be here. He'll be trialling on uh, on Monday. Um, so, all going well. He'll resume, I think, the 18th of April. There's either a 66 plus or a 78 plus. Um which will hopefully kickstart some type of campaign, but hopefully we can get to the 18th first and um, yeah, just see if the the people's horse can lift the people during a during a tough time, which I'm which I'm sure he can. No doubt, no doubt, and uh, no doubt we'll see Chris Graham on board as well. So we're looking forward to that, Terry. Um, uh, you're, you're not goading me into anything, <laughs> DJ. No, I'm not, I'm not playing. <laughs> now, dig deep, of course, is uh, mm. hails from the Pierce Brothers establishment, Ben and Dan Pierce. Now. We were hoping to get Dan Pierce on this week. Hasn't eventuated at the moment, but can you give the listeners an update? When do you think they'll be hearing from one of our leading trainers, Dan Pierce, on the one-one, Terry? Well, he was he was probably he was good to come on this week, but uh, we're as uh, as is as we've made aware, we're doing this remotely, so we're just sort of coming to terms with our. Um new technology and obviously phoning someone in and getting them involved is uh, is another aspect we need to learn but next Thursday he's locked and loaded we'll get him on the blower and we'll um, we'll have a little 20 minute or uh, so interview with uh, with Daniel Pierce we can ask him um, 
uh, yeah, just all about dig date for 20 minutes, basically. That's There's no other questions. <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait. So looking forward to getting Dan Pierce, one half of the, the strong, powerful Pierce Brothers training operation on next week's edition. So as Terry mentioned, we are recording at 11.35 on Thursday, April 2. From a racing calendar point of view, we have an Albany program this afternoon, Caracatta Plate Day at Ascot on Saturday, which we're not far away from beginning our preview, as well as a 10-race Pinjarra Cup Day on Sunday. Terry, what's the Pinjarra Cup shaping up like? Have you had a look at the nominations at all? Very quick, uh, little look at the field. It looks like a really nice uh, version of the Pinjarra Cup. Spiritual Warrior um, will be the the top weight, and then you've got a lot of your usual characters. Mackenzie Brook had no luck in the um, Bunbury Cup, I think it was. Yeah, when Pike was held up. Was most it the, of the South, Southwest Cup? Uh, sorry, the Southwest yeah. Cup. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I, think, um, I think she would have won that race. And uh, Pike actually rides Red Army, which I found to be quite uh, an interesting appointment. I thought he might have stuck with Mackenzie Brook, or yeah. perhaps, perhaps the uh, owners went for CJP, who uh, rode her to victory in the Albany Cup. Correct. So, Correct. Interesting yeah. one there. Plus, we've got uh, Lord Fandango as a uh, point of difference runner. First up in WA for L Smith. I, I don't think he... Uh, He'll be playing a part, but uh, it's always nice to have uh, some pointed difference runners in the field, BJ. Yeah, absolutely. So looking forward to, um, yeah, pretty big weekend of racing coming up, mm. coming our way. Before we go any further, we have to say a big thanks to our sponsors, the Mundaring Hotel and Market City Meets. As we mentioned on last week's episode of The One One, the Mundaring Hotel as a result of, of the government regulations is uh, closed to the public, but they are running a takeaway and delivery food and beverage service so jump on their facebook page or on their website for information if you live in or around the uh the hills area so the mundaring hotel obviously heart of the hills since 1899 located on jacoby street in mundaring go catch up with uh ian butchie o'connor give him a call uh put it whack in an order i got a feed for my family last friday night and uh it was nice to go, go for a drive sorry What'd you get? I went for the cheeseburger, uh, and that was really good. My my partner Lee, she had the lamb curry, and that was that was uh, very nice, Terry. So yeah. the kids got their uh, nuggets and chips, so they were they were sorted. But it was nice to to get up into the hills air, and um, mm. after being cooped up in the house all week. So hopefully, um, hopefully everyone's holding up well at the Mundaring Hotel. Looking forward to them getting back into action when all this blows over. So good luck to Butchie O'Connor and his family. Market City Meats is the largest retail butcher shop in Perth. They're located at the Canning Vale Markets on Bannister Road. Obviously a necessity in this uh, in this current climate and the Market City Meats are absolutely flying at the moment. So drop in and see Timmy Hewitt. He'll um, let him know that you're a 1-1 listener and he'll, he'll look after you for sure. Market City Meats, they sponsor our very popular Get Out Stakes competition, S-T-E-A-K-S. Congratulations to last week's Get Out Stakes winner, Riley Morgan. He... Um, it was actually quite a – it was a photo finish in the get-out last week with quite a few people nominating Cryptic Love as their um, on-top selection and um, Riley Morgan was nearest the pin. He uh, friend, friend of the podcast, uh, Mario Delena, messaged me straight after the race. He felt he'd uh, won a couple of uh, a couple of sirloins. He, he was a bit dirty, didn't, uh, didn't get his steak. Yeah, yeah. Well, well you're going to have to go again, Mario, and back yourself this week to um, <laughs> to, uh, to to snaffle the succulent beef package from Market City Meats. 
Um, another friend of the podcast, Paul Huckle, he was a whisker away yeah, Steph, from, from being Steph. a dual get-out stakes winner. But congrats mm. to Riley Morgan. Did that's a bit of, rare air, isn't it? That's right. That's right. I did a bit of stalking and it looks like Riley, uh, looks like a young fellow who does his own t- um, tipping blog, focusing on West Australia and Victoria as well. So congrats, Riley. And um, and uh, let's see if you can go back-to-back on this week's uh, get-out stakes, my friend. So yeah, No one's ever gone back-to-back, have they? No, we've had a few people go close. I know Sean Nichols and the... And the guru uh, Benny Armstrong have, uh, yep. are both dual winners as well. So, yeah, it's um, it's tough at the top, Terry. It certainly is. It N- certainly is. Now, uh, finally, before we begin our preview, if you want to read Terry's um, in-depth analysis and betting strategies, head to the Betfair Hub. That's betfair.com.au. All, all Terry's gold will be available there. And uh, and my pre-market preview, the leg up, published at 7 a.m. This morning, the leg up is available on bestbets.com.au. It is also published on the Race website. So it's just about time we kick off the preview, Terry. Let's do it. Now, we have... A nine-race card, Saturday the 4th of April, rails in the four-metre position. Have you got a weather track pattern uh, suggestion for the listeners, Terry? Well, we've got uh, we've got some very light easterlies forecast, BJ. Nothing above 10 kilometres per hour uh, for the afternoon. But when there's an easterly, there tends to be a track which is uh, quite difficult to make ground. So um, let's allow for those on speed uh, to be suited. Yeah, as, as always, at Ascot, the on-pace brigade get – well, most venues really get, get bang for their buck. So, um, if, yeah, if your horse is strong enough to land on speed and – and kick on, then um, then you're in the box seat there. So we um, – how do you think the track's been playing? I think the track's been playing quite well recently, Terry. Have you have you noticed noticed much um, from a, you know, I guess a bias point of view? I would have thought, um, you know, Chris Nation's been turning out a pretty good service for the punters and for the participants as well. Yeah, 100%. I mean, when there is the easterly in play, it's, it's always – I mean, I – Go back through the data, and apart from there was a meeting on the 14th of March where um, you actually horses on speed really, um, really struggled and really battled. So um, that that was when there was an easterly. So that was a real outlier. Um, there mm. hasn't been an easterly in my data before that that uh, that you were suited basically being off pace. But um, no, it's been nice and fair. I mean. I've got some data not handy to me at the moment, but uh, early in the day it tends to be, and I don't know whether that's because of the smaller fields and there's less um, there's less competition for in speed maps or whatnot. But um, like last week in particular, the first five all settled close to the rail or on speed, and the last few winners were all um, coming from the back. So I think that's more to do with field sizes and pressure being applied in those races. But um, it is an interesting uh, interesting uh, pattern to follow in that sense. Good stuff. Okay, let's go. Race one is the Schweppes Handicap, 1,100 metres for the three-year-olds. And uh, it does – we do have two pretty smart ones here um, leading the market, and they do look the two obvious ones in Cliffs of Comfort and Tommy Blue. Terry, you did mention earlier that you're not too keen on getting too carried away early in the program. Um, what did you end up doing with race one um, from a tipping and wagering point of view this morning? 
Well, I'm not going to have anything too major um, on here. I think Cliffs of Comfort, while having very strong form lines, has to be a risk um, from Barrier 7. I, I, I think, I suspect, with the blinkers going on, Tommy Blue, a little freshen up. Um, there wasn't much aggression shown over the 1400 last start. I think Pikey would be pretty keen to actually hold out Cliffs of Comfort. Um, okay. uh, there's a chance I mean there's a chance uh, he ends up um, she sorry she ends up on the back of, of Cliffs of Comfort and if that does occur I'm not too perturbed with that either but if you look at last night Cliffs of Comfort led from barrier 6 but there was absolutely no speed um, underneath him and the previous start uh, he drew barrier 2 at his debut he drew barrier 2 when he was able to lead so I think with Joey has a party going off Chris Graham going on uh, having to work to get to the top a good one like Tommy Blue who either holds him out or stalks him uh, I think Tommy Blue uh, can win this race, but at around three to one, I think that's not far from a correct price. So at this stage, I'm not too interested in uh, in getting involved and don't really want to look too much deeper. If they really chop at each other out in front, a horse like Riverboat could play a part, but I really do think these two are the, the class animals and um, it'll come down to tactics, ride and, and the fitness of Tommy Blue on a one-month uh, hiatus. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. The tactics and the ride will be the difference, and you know, and it's you don't have to be a rocket scientist to work out that there is there is a significant gap between William Pike and apprentice Chris Graham. So for me, um, how dare you? Yeah, for, well, for me, I actually marked Tommy Blue favorite, and I was fully so aware. Did I, actually. I was fully aware so that Cliffs of, Cliffs of Comfort would open favorite. Um, Tell me about your market. Give me some numbers. Well, I was two eighty Tommy Blue, three fifty Cliffs of Comfort. Um, two sixty five versus two ninety. Yeah, right. Um, Tommy Blue on top as well. Yeah, and um, but for me, I think I think Tommy Blue. Uh, well, I just keep kept coming back to its magic. That Magic Moons run was super, Terry, wasn't it? Behind Cryptic Wonder, and then mm. found the front over twelve hundred meters, and that. That's that win was really stylish over a, a pretty hot field that day. That four horse three odd race that it competed in the other day, you know, I reckon it was almost a forgive, forgive and forget run. It's been freshened up since. Blinkers on, Pike on, Simon A, Simon A. Miller ticks a few boxes yeah. for me. Cliffs of Comfort looks pretty bloody good, um, so he's he'll he'll be hard to beat. the The third option for me is, um, well, it, uh, she was. You know, she was a touch disappointing resuming first up over a thousand meters, but I have a bit of time for a, a bit of time for express time. Neville Parnham trained three year old Philly. Wouldn't be surprised to see her come across. And if Cliffs, Cliffs of Comfort leads, uh, express time could land outside Cliffs of Comfort. Can, can she beat Cliffs make- of Comfort breezing though? That's the thing. Sorry? Can she breeze and have a harder run than Cliffs of Comfort and, and, and beat uh, him home though? No, probably not. But I just, I think she's, the, she's my, she's the best of, uh, of the the, uh, the yeah. best of the rest for me for me yeah I just think she's going to be in the spot and I, I would suspect she'll improve off that first up run mm-hmm. uh, first up midweek run and um, down on fifty five and a half but yeah like there's a bit of talent in this race but but for me I, I suspect Tommy Blue will come out on top. Yeah, I'm with you, BJ, and $3 plus is probably worth consideration to a bit as you said. Blinkers, Pike, Simon Miller, tick tick tick. Okay. Race two, the Crown Perth Handicap, another race for the three-year-olds. This mm-hmm. time we're looking at a 1,400-7 furlong contest. Um, Terry, you want to kick us off? Yeah, well, I, I said I wasn't interested till later in the card, but um, looking at the market, uh, there is 
pretty confident bet here. Not an exciting bet, but uh, I, I'm pretty keen on a pair of them. Um, we didn't miss last of the line last week. Both of us gave it a little, tiny little bit of a push. And uh, geez, it's a, it won like a, a fair old racehorse, didn't it? Sure did. It's, uh, yeah, the way, um, I think Hilly just about could have led that race. I don't think it was, a, I personally think it was a great ride. He, he probably could have led the race and, and he, actually, I'll, I'll, let me rephrase that. Tactically, I'm sure he was told Miss Margot, the stable mate, was going to come across and lead and just look, look for a trail on it. And he probably was a victim of circumstances where he got shuffled, 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 shuffled. So to pick up and sprint past him and, and do it with the ease he did was super impressive. I think the query on him here uh, has to be the fact he backed up from trial to debut in five days and now he's backing up mm-hmm. from debut to second up uh, in seven days. So. It probably looks like the stable are trying to, while this horse is flying, get some runs into him, get some wins into him, pick up some prize money before a potential hiatus. And we know a lot of stables are trying to sort of get runs into their horses, and it's why we're getting the bigger field. So just something we need to be wary on. Um, pretty hard for a young horse to race three times um, in under two weeks. Um, but, but yeah, you, you're saying that. That's that's exactly true, and that's a genuine crew. But, geez, it was a soft win the other day. It was. It? But beat nothing, but uh, it doesn't matter what it beat. It was uh, It was so – and it was just impressive. And it just just like mm. its trials, it gave you the look of a really nice horse. So um, yeah. with that easterly in play, there's I, – I don't think it's impossible. If I was Stephen Miller and I had this – he's now fit. Um, I would be saying to Ryan Lead, do not let um, – because otherwise you're going to find the back of Shadow Shifter. And there's not a horse you want to be, that's not the back of a horse you want to be on because it'll probably be the first one beaten. So I'd be just about trying to lead on last of the line here. I don't think they will. I think they'll end up taking a sit on the leader's back, but they will need to be some luck with um, Shadow Shifter leading and a horse like Mercy Prevails probably out in the death. Um, but I also want to be on Eurasia. Uh, absolutely flying. Last start, I was actually on, I backed the pair. Eurasia went up 260 and together we dreamed 26 to 1. So I was actually cheering for Eurasia to get beat despite being on a Bunbury last start. But um, the way uh, he sort of looked a little bit beaten on the turn, but he really knuckled down. And, and Harvey, um, yeah, as you said earlier in the in the preamble, uh, the pontiff is uh, absolutely flying at the moment. So a bit, bit of question mark on where he gets from the gate. Does Harvey go forward and try and find a spot? Or how exactly that's all um, going to unfold for PJ? But, um, yeah, the form behind him, uh, Talladega, Tommy Blue, an informed dark mission before that, second, second, second. Yeah, it's it's really good. So, and if, if you look at the rest of this market, I just think the rest are really underpriced. Comes the time, it's just a plotter. Yeah, have you got? Do you reckon you've got some percentage thieves in this one? Terry? Yeah, that's that's exactly yeah. exactly what you have. Um, yeah, I've got the rest of them quite uh, quite a long way behind those two. Nothing else under single figures. So Eurasia three forty last of the line three sixty in my market. Currently, you're getting four twenty and five fifty. Enough for me to have a pretty good whack on the pair of them, BJ. Okay, yeah, I share your your sentiments, Terry. I um, yeah, well, last of the line as we spoke about, he couldn't have done much. He couldn't have done much more than what he did last Saturday. I reckon he's a. I reckon he'll win again. Really, mm-hmm. um, if uh, I wouldn't like to get crossed by. Shadow Shifter, so I'd suspect Ryan Hill will be pretty keen not to let that happen. Do you reckon he leads? Um, no, I think I think I wouldn't. I would the way that Mercy prevails has been jumping and has been strongly ridden by 
Kiriul to find the front. I reckon they'll be pretty keen to have a crack for the lead. Um, I think Magic Mike's put Bo on. Bobo on. I, I can't imagine Bobo being on if there's any um, yeah. instructions other than to, to try and run them along, though. Is it, man, that's the problem, isn't it? If Ryan Hill does hand up and then Bo hands up, this is this is one uh, I discussed midweek with a horse called Keeper's Tail, who was pretty stiff yesterday. That's a story for another day. Um, is if if Shadow Shifter does cross and then Mercy Prevails does cross Shadow Shifter, you end up yeah. three back the fence, and it's a very very yeah, that's, difficult that's, uh, um, very difficult ride from there. That's that not going. where we would want to be, to be fair. But um, but yeah, I I just think with e- with even luck and um, uh, from from gate one. Last of the line, this there are a few names here like Kelvin. Uh, that's funny as um, Beethoven, Specialism, Divide the Sea, and they've all done things at different stages. But I just don't think they're going as well as they can, um, uh, you know, to a certain degree. And that's why I just think this horse, uh, a point of difference horse, like what you're saying, he's fresh on the scene, second up, absolutely flying. I think he'll win again. Eurasia's the 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 um the biggest danger, and and he can he can win. He, hit, he seemed to hit a bit of a flat spot, sort of like what you described, Terry, mm. over the. I think, I think he races better with cover. Yeah, yeah, you're right, and um, so it'd be interesting to see what what they do tactically from the draw. But he's got a lot of class about in Eurasia. I just thought he might be looking for a mile now, but uh, you could be onto something there. He might appreciate some cover on Saturday, but I'm pretty keen to go again with with last of the line. I had them um, equal favourites, four twenty a pair. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think the best part about um, with what well, what I'm trying to do here is if last line doesn't come from barrier one, there's always a chance you don't get the luck or yeah. you don't get the run. Yeah. Plus, there are some question marks as I said on the on the racing the third time in three uh, in two weeks. Eurasia is going to be on the other end of the spectrum where it's going to be out wide looking for a trail and, and coming at them late. So, I think if one of those two get the luck, um, they're the two obvious ones that should be fighting out the finish, and you're sort of covering both bases in that sense. So, the fact we're getting roughly two dollars fifty two dollars sixty our money about one of the pair winning yeah. uh that's huge I, I think that should be closer to your dollar fifty type mark so um yeah very happy to get involved equal stake on the pair yeah that sounds like a good strategy terry so yeah, thank you yeah, thank I you like BJ. I might, I might even do that myself so um oh, okay <laughs> i can sell ice to it i can sell ice to an eskimo but i haven't tipped a winner for about six years so i'd be careful okay <laughs> so you have bit well you've been having a bit of a lean trot at the moment terry uh, the last few weeks have been a little bit lean, yeah. I've um, I found a couple of winners, but uh, I'm just uh, the staking's probably a little bit off. I think when I thought COVID was coming, I sort of ramped everything up a little bit, thinking, well, I might not, I might not actually earn any money for another three or four months or something. And uh, yeah, I, I probably went a bit over the top on a few, but I am feeling very confident uh, about uh, about Saturday. So it's going to be the uh, it's going to turn around. I was talking to Crip; he's having a bit of a, a tough one as well. A few people having a bit of a tough run at the moment. Um, it's a few people having a good run. I've seen on Twitter as well. So it's um, yeah, it's very seasonal. The pun. We know that. Variance, isn't that the word? Hashtag variance too? Variance, yeah. I just I like the word seasonal, actually. Variance is used too much. It's seasonal. Seasonal. Okay. Seasonal, yeah. All right. Well, um moving on. Race three is the Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Handicap. 1400 meters these west speed platinum races have been opened up to the three-year-olds which we saw last week with last of the line winning the the um the maiden i don't think there's any yeah there is there's one three-year-old in this rewrite the star rewrite, rewrite the yeah. stars so atlantic atlantic ruler as well oh, okay so there's a couple that have taken mm-hmm. advantage of that which is good to see so um 
Yeah, it's uh, it's these races are always kind of competitive, aren't they? These West Speed Platinum, especially the handicaps. Mm. Um, so we have Gates of Babylon, who won this exact same race, but over tw- uh, twelve hundred meters two weeks back. He's um, he's uh, gonna he's a front runner. He's gonna take some take some catching with Chris Graham claiming three kilos again. Then you've got uh, horses like. Luke Choice, who's racing well. Sakaria's deep into her prep, but she's doing some good things. Uh, and the, I guess the the wild card to a certain extent is Indian Chant, who's absolutely flying mm-hmm. for Peter since being transferred to Peter Fernie. Um, it's Esperance and Kalgoorlie wins have been outstanding, really. And um, but then and then you go down to the three old filly. Rewrite the stars. Who most people have a very strong opinion of, but she is she is what um, thirty eight days between runs with bar plates on, but does have but does have William Pike uh, on from gate three. So there is a we do have a few balls in the air in this race, Terry. Um, <laughs> what uh, what did you, how, how did how did how did your how did you land on this one? Uh, not not too keen here on, on much. I had a bit of the three bucks Gates of Babylon this morning. It felt I felt dirty doing it, but um, Gates of Babylon. I think it's one of the horses. Now the penny might have dropped, or now he, he might be fit and firing. He, he really bolted along last week, and he's a pretty simplistic horse for the apprentice. He just has to get to the front, roll along, and he's very. I mean, the, the time he runs and and the numbers he runs, they're just pretty hard to get past. So I, I think from here he he'll lead the race. The interesting part is where Rewrite the Stars ends up. So from barrier two, um, you got Sakaya. Now, I think Sakaya's probably come to the end of her preparation, but the place that Rewrite the Stars wants to be here uh, is on the back of Gates of Babylon. My concern is with the visors going off Sakaya as a stable, we'll be thinking, we want the ba- uh, back of Gates of Babylon. Yep which means rewrite the stars with the scratching of Golden Arches, who Pike's actually riding on Sunday at Pinjarra. Um, with the scratching of Golden Arches means rewrite the stars might race outside of Gates of Babylon um, and have to do a bit of work, mm. which which off the 38 days, the 1400 of the bar plates might be a worry. So um, I've had something on Gates of Babylon at 3-1, to one, would not be taking it. I, I barely wanted to take the 3-1. to one. I, I, I marked him $2.40 with a fair bit of trepidation. Um, if I can save Atlanta, uh, rewrite the stars, late at sort of 450 plus i probably will um i'm someone that does think she has a lot of ability and i think she'll really appreciate the jockey change as well um and this stable is one that is, is really capable of getting him to win off 40 days with, with bar shoes on as well so we've, we've got to remember that um but i'm not really willing to go any further than that two horse race for me and um i think the market's got it pretty right at the moment so i, I wouldn't really be getting involved in the current quotes yeah um okay so you know Listeners to this podcast will will obviously be aware that I've got had bait, Gates of Babylon fatigue, <laughs> and uh, and um, pressed the eject button last start, and um, yeah, then watched um, Gates of Babylon sail home, um, defeating. It was a massive leader by a track, but it was a big win still. That really absorbed the pressure and um, really kicked. That was a, that was a weird track, though. Super fast track. Some of the numbers being dished up. Um, on the 21st of March were, were pretty extraordinary. But he's got the easterly again. That's the thing. It's yeah. got barrier one. What it about, just what be about 1,400? I almost suspect that he's he's yeah, more of a dynamite 1,200-meter horse myself. But um, Go back to his win last campaign. Uh, not last campaign, well, last year, overplaying Marika by um, just under five lengths over the 1,400. I, I, I got no issue with the 1,400. Yeah. I think. So, yeah, he might have just, uh, as with um, – Quite a few of the Pope, Brett Pope horses. He might have just been a bit 
off color and below his best in that sort of pre so that Gen, uh, December January period and I did notice that the Pope stable had a pretty good day out at Pinjara on Monday so things the wheel starting to turn there my the horse that caught my eye and I'm probably going to have something on is Indian Chant um, times it's been running and the way it's been winning at Esperance and Kalgoorlie recently carrying weight um, have been super um, transfer was originally with David Harrison from memory and now with now with Peter Fernie, this horse is absolutely humming. Mitchell Pateman um, will be full of always full of confidence when he gets legged up on a Fernie runner. And um, yeah, I think it's about $9 best available at the moment. I marked it a $7 chance in an open race. And um, yeah, I'm happy to be having something on Indian Chant. I think it can get back uh, on a hot speed and still... Um, still impact so so yeah looking looking forward to seeing how indian chant measures up uh in the big smoke just another runner that the fernies have taken on and just got to another level it's uh they're uh they are houdini workers with some of these horses aren't they they're pretty good they're pretty good operators that the fernie camp so yeah this is this has just got a sense of timing. This horse is coming to town at the right time. It's well-weighted. It's got a stable jock on board. It will be getting back and and the leaders will be rolling along, but it seems to have absorbed pretty strong tempos in uh, in the bush recently and finished off with um, with pretty impressive sectionals. So happy to play Indian chant each way. Okay. No bet for me at this stage. Uh, race four, BJ. I uh, I don't want to spend long on this race. Well, I don't know about you, but geez, this was a uh, this was a, a dog's breakfast. It was a dartboard job, uh, wasn't it? Really? Uh, it it really was uh, a dartboard job. So um, should I'll, we I'll should we skip quickly, it? <laughs> no, I'm actually happy to skip it. You basically got this race in. I've I've sorted this out into three uh, panels, if you like. You got Warfish, Solarized, Chisano, Cramden, who will try and go forward. Yep. You've got She's Vital, Orange Strudel, ATM, who will be looking for. Inside runs and cuddled up runs just behind them. And then you've got Double Jeopardy, Rapisada, Route 88, Beto and Bell, Parisa and Crystal Dane, who will be looking for probably three wide line and getting wide and hoping they overcook it and put the pressure on out in front. Um, I have no idea. Over to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I see that. I see that Beto and Bell is $3. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's madness. Unbelievable. That's a pike price if I've ever seen one. Um, look, I... I could have made a case for over half of these. Uh, anything could happen. And in these races, it's a bit funny. Like sometimes in these anything could happen races, any, some, there's a random random result and it's almost you're almost better off looking at something away from the obvious. So I imagine most people are looking towards Double Jeopardy, um, Bedouin Bell, Warfish to a – to to an extent, I, I'm, I imagine if Warfish had drawn low, that he would have been pretty well found by the mark. He's still he's still oh, hard I enough. I would have probably did. He's going to be. You'd think that Kyra is going to hold up on Solarized. Jason might hold up on Chisano. It could be a real mess for for Warfish um, sitting three deep. Yes. Truth, I'd say. Yeah. So I just I went looking for for a real thousand meter horse, uh, horse that uh, has a good Ascot thousand meter profile, and I landed on. Route 88, first up. Uh, it's form. So did, so did I, actually. Yeah, it's form. Did you really? um, yeah, it's form. 
yeah, since joining, well Lindsay Smith was pretty good. Um, probably could have almost won. Probably could have almost won all three of those races. Really, it's it's run second, mm. first, and second. Its last three starts, eighty-seven days between one, so it's nice and runs so it's nice and fresh. Uh, Ascot thousand meter profile is excellent. I think if CJP can land three wide cover um, with moving into the race with momentum, I think he can get out into the lanes, into the middle of the track, into the middle of the straight. And this mare has the closing speed to really um, charge her way into the finish at a price. What price did you have, her, Terry? Uh, I had an eight to one with the notation. I expect a lot better late. Seven dollars. Yeah, I was. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, that was. Um, her, I think she opened up pretty, pretty juicy odds on the local operator this morning. Has um, crossed the board now. She's about eleven ten, eleven dollars at the moment. I felt I felt for Bradley having to mark this race. This was, this isn't one I would have been too excited about uh, setting a uh, setting a uh, price for. Yeah. So I uh, I've landed. That's exactly what happened. I landed on Route 88. The the horse I wouldn't, I would, I th- I'm surprised it's a bit it's a bit shorter than I thought it would be. But I reckon it's going to take some running down. Is Solar Eyes? I think um, Chloe Azapati just got things a little bit wrong at Bunbury the other day, and the clock backs that up. She went out um, uh, Tony Gregg style, hard and fast, and. <laughs> just popped late, but she was still in front with like a hundred to go, just about. So, coming back to the thousand, if she can find the rail in front with an aggressive and informed Kira Yule on board, I reckon Solarize could give this a bit of a shake. Do you, what do you think about that? Ah, uh, no, no, don't like Solarize. No, I <laughs> don't like Solarize. It's not one I'm considering. Um, yeah, I, they went along in that race, that Solarize race uh, at Bunbury. Yeah. They really scooted along. It made the win of Ice Trade even more impressive. And if you look through that form, Rosebush won yesterday, who ran third. Uh, slice Bread goes around later, who uh, will be a good chance later in the program. Um, I think that'll be a pretty good form race going forward. Mm. So you're on Route 88 as well? Oh, I, yeah, the current price is not. That's that's not enough. I'm not really interested there. I'll, I'll probably have something stupid on some crazy ones late. If if Cramden gets to 100 to 1, I'll have something on Cramden, who was four deep the trip last start um, and, and ran third. It was a huge run, uh, towing Luke's gold, who's made that form look even better. Um, but, yeah, I'll probably have something mad on Cramden, Orange Strudel, uh, Parisa, if it gets to, if it gets to 200 to 1. Um, she's vital at one eighty to one. Um, I'll, I'll be having some mad bets here if Rapasada gets to forty to one. Uh, that that's how I'll be playing this race. I really don't know what I'll be on yet. I'll be playing the Maddies on Betfair because I believe there shouldn't be that big a gap between the majority of these runners. Mm. Yeah, good good luck if you nail the the winner of race four on the program. Hat, hats off to you because this is uh, just about as tough as it gets at at, uh, at Ascot. So for me, it does. For me, um, um, from a tipping point of view, I am tipping Route 88 on top. Wouldn't be surprised tip- to see Solarizer on a cheeky race. Yeah, I'll just tip Cranbourne for a bit of fun. So were you were you the uh, the culprit that got Cranbourne fifty one dollars into twenty one dollars? No, I, 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 I doubt I'll, I doubt I'll back it at fifties either. Yeah. I, I honestly reckon I want seventies to back it. So. Um, Betfair funny can be a very enticing Betfair late sorry can be a very enticing place so I'll uh, I'll go on the marketplace and uh, and see who's selling some good stocks at a uh, at a nice quote if I if I if I back the winner it'll be at fifty dollars plus 
Excellent. That's uh, that's the guru we know and love. Good stuff. Race five is the Amelia Park Lamb Handicap. How good is it to see a 2,400-meter race, Terry? Oh, these are few yeah. and far between. Um, and we've got uh, – this is a, this is a – this is this is a ripper. So it's hard, but it's it's great to see a twenty four hundred meter race and a full field. So um, this is another. This midsection of the card is is very difficult. So um, you know, in, in times like these, I just have to throw to the one and only Guru. Help us out. What have you got? Um, well, I, this is. I, I agree with you. I'm very big on the uh, the twenty four hundred meter. We races. should see um, should see more of an, of them. I think. And so I'm a little bit surprised. A couple of a couple of runners are running tomorrow in the Pinjarra Cup, um, completely out of their grade. And, and to me, like like a horse like Blue Tracer, who just sort of stays all day. It, to me, it makes no sense. When he could have got in here on the minimum um, over a really suitable 2400, I think there's some some really odd uh, placements. We'll talk about Tycoon Legend in the last as well. Bj scratch midweek um, as a 62 rider scratched midweek from a really winnable race, well drawn. Um, to run in a 78 plus against Red Can Man and Labor Rod. So I, I just, yeah, explain that to me. Um, yeah, ex- explain that to me. Anyway, uh, this race, I, I'm pretty keen um, from a market point of view. I, I've got the market just just so different to, to how it currently looks. So I'll very quickly just run through a few um, horses. So Picture Perfect's top of your market at the moment. Uh, last two wins, interestingly, have been with Aiden Thompson and Molly Clark. Yes. So I think that's a real positive for this horse. There should be some um, some real improvement with obviously with W Pike going on. But third up, twenty four hundred meters. We're still not sure um, how good. Um, we're still not sure how good he is. Um, I, I just don't think the three dollars fifty is a price that's ever gonna ever gonna get me. Off twenty four days as well. Third up, twenty four hundred. No, not going to get me that price. Black Shadow, $3.60. Um, I think they went up favourite, Black Shadow, at the local tab. I've got Black Shadow over 20 to 1, so um, needless to say, that's not where I'll be. It will have to be a Perler from 16 with Jason on. Secret Pearl, speaking of Perlers, um, it was a really nice run in the Oaks after getting shuffled well back, I thought. Um, I, I can't uh, I can't over against the older horses, though. Um, I think I, I usually like the three-year-olds against... The older horses, traditionally, but um, not in this situation when we're talking 2,400, a real test of attrition. So um, I'm happy looking around her. So basically the horse I've marked favourite and um, and my market might be completely wrong or um, which is more than likely, uh, is Crystal Valley. I was on last start, tipped at last start, thought it was the run of the race. Um, and the, what this is what I don't understand is so last start, Black Shadow drew one or two, now draws 16. Uh, Crystal Valley drew 13, now draws two. Um, how is Black – and Crystal Valley was arguably a better run than Black Shadow last start. How, how is Black Shadow $3.60 and Crystal Valley's 10 to 1? I believe those prices are just the wrong way around, basically. So um, absolute no-brainer to back Crystal Valley here. I'm, I'm worried from Barrier 2 that it will get stuck in the ruck. I mean, if you if you look, in the, if you the look speed, at the speed in this speed race – It's interesting, isn't it? Uh, the speed map is where it's a bit uh, messy here, BJ. So we've got uh, Regent Star from 8 Deep Purple 12, Hoodlum Thunder 13, and a mid-race move. No doubt will come from I'm a Love Man, or they'll try and get there early, but um, whether they have the speed or not, I'm not sure. And then you've got Black Shadow from 16. Does um, does Jason be really aggressive and try and go forward and find a spot? Does he try and just get over the speed? It's a really difficult um, ride. I don't think they'll want to be too aggressive up to the 2400, but it's it's a really hard one from Barrier 16. So... 
that means there'll be a lot of slow ones in front that'll be stopping um, and really setting it up for those taking a sit, which brings obviously a lot of your other runners in it. And I don't think a wide gate's necessarily the end of the world mm. for that reason. Um, but market-wise, it's it's really easy for me to be on um, Crystal Valley at ten to one. I think that's 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 a crazy price with with some luck and getting the right gaps. Um, yeah, I, I just don't understand how it's not favourite for this event. Um, and the horse that I've marked, um, I've marked about fourth favourite at eight to one. It's trading around thirty fives at the moment. Who knows? It'll probably even start longer. I'm probably the only one. Is uh, Navy Blue? I think it's a horse that only gets better um, the further uh, he goes. And since he won four starts ago, super impressive win. Really, really, really impressive. He was, yeah. If you look at his next outing, um, he's he's raced without speed outside of uh, I can't remember who led the race, but Morning Song won it. He's run third in a seventy-two plus. That's that's against his pattern. He's not a horse that can race. Um, I don't think he does his best work without cover. He needs a cuddled up run. He then made a mid-race move at a hot speed at Pinjarra, and just a just it was a horrible ride. Bit by, a, by a bit of a suicide there. mission there, wasn't it? Ah, uh, it was just to completely forget mm-hmm. it. And then last start, watch him. He was just bolting the entirety of the race. He was bolting, um, just got held up in traffic. Never got a clear run at him. And when he hit the line, he was hitting it. He hit it as well as anything. So he's just a completely forgotten runner here from Barrier Five. He can settle two, three, four pairs back. Um, again, we'll, we'll need some luck. They'll all need luck. And this, the winner of this race will come down to, to luck in running as well. But um, this is the best price of the day if you're looking for a... Um, Maddie. A Maddie. Mm. Yeah, 100%. It's just an absolute madness price at, at that price. So I'll be playing those two and I'll be having a bit of a crack as well. And I'll be having something on Stafford's Lad um, at 26 to 1. If, if they do go mad and there's a last horse standing, Stafford's Lad's another that will absolutely relish the uh, the 2,400 metres, BJ. But um, yeah, Crystal Valley 10 to 1, Navy Blue 35 to 1. And I wouldn't be losing on the race on Stafford's Lad at 26 to 1. And I'm um, very keen to get involved. Good, good. Yep. Yeah. Um- any, did you make a phone call to Brock Luthwaite to find out why Sax on, Sax off isn't engaged, well, Terry? Like, this is 2,500 metres at Ascot. This is his wheelhouse. Did you see how Sax, did you watch the race at Geraldton last week? No. Uh, so, so he was he was eighteens to sixes or sevens, and I I had to be on the. I didn't I didn't really wasn't overly keen, but um yeah he was gone at about the eight hundred. I haven't actually seen a stewards report or at a final margin, but he would have had to have been beaten fifty lengths. So oh dear, that's where uh, yes I dare so that's why we're not seeing uh, we may not see sacks on sacks off again. So which I'm probably pretty happy. <laughs> <laughs> I've had I've had a couple of wins on him. Our time has uh, come and gone. All right, so yeah I I, sh- I really like the. Those horses that you flagged as Maddie's Terry, that's uh, they're, they're both very good calls. Um, and I also am um, aligned with you in your opinion of Crystal Valley as a genuine winning chance and value at the current quotes. I am going to lean towards Throwdown though, as my um, mm-hmm. I'll probably be having something on Crystal Valley and Throwdown. They're both I marked them the same price, uh, seven dollars. So they're, bucks, they're yeah. both um, you know, both overlays for me at the at the moment. Throwdown was a maddie for me. Two starts ago over 2,100 metres at Ascot and really caught the eye, came from last and put the writing on the wall and then he just looked really well placed by SJ Miller in the Great Southern Cup, which was initially the Mount Barker Cup, but the Great Southern Cup at Albany. Last start, and he uh, he hit the line hard for a um, for a good win. Was heavily backed as well. 
Throwdown is he's just an old-fashioned staying type. He's going to absolutely relish the rise to 2,400 metres. Brad Parnham, SJ Miller, stable has turned things around recently. Double last Saturday. They've got a couple of chances on the program as well. From nine, he probably doesn't have to get all the way back, but he, he likes to drift back anyway and um, and use his uh, his stamina late, sustained stamina late. So I'm pretty happy to, to um, now that Throwdown has got that win on the board in Albany, he'll be uh, rock hard fit, um, ready to go. I'm pretty keen to, um, to follow up on Throwdown in this 2,400 meter race, Terry. Perfect. Okay, just a quick reminder and a thank you shout out to our friends at the Mundaring Hotel. There, while the uh, the pub is closed to the public, there will be no mastermind quiz competition. So all those masterminds out there who are looking to to have a go, similar to last week, we uh, we're just putting that particular competition on hold. But just just remember, as mentioned earlier in the podcast, that the Mundaring is offering takeaway and delivery services. So if you're uh, up in the hills or in the heart of the hills, go check out um, the Mundaring at Jacoby Street Mundaring. Um, moving on now to race six on the card. First first leg of the Quadrella. First leg of the late Quadrella, the Amelia Park Lodge handicap. I like this Quadrella too. 66 plus grade, 14 oh, this is- 100 metres. This is another competitive race. 15 horses lining up. This is um this is an interesting one. This is a gift. Um, I'm, I want you to give me a map here, BJ. I'm interested to hear uh, your thoughts on the map before I uh, before I give you any bias towards sure. my sort of thoughts. Okay, so I've got Laurentino leading. Um, the horse that I'm not quite sure what they they will do with, but if they if they do go forward in locomotive, there is a spot for an outside leader. Then I've got Sherpa Lass leaders back and Slice Bread in the one one. Yeah. What it's is basic. your speed map? Yeah, very similar. Basic locomotives, yeah. the uh, the utility horse. Um, mm. Well, you've actually you've ruined it for me, Bernard. I told you off air before that I had a top notch trialer for you, and mm. uh, it was actually locomotive. Um, oh, really, right. really super trialer. I wasn't watching it on purpose, but uh, I was watching another runner. But um, yeah, it was super coming off speed. So my thought process is the way it. Um, the way it hit the line being ridden cold, I, I think first up 1,400, they might be probably content to do something similar. Gate 15. Potentially. The, the other yeah. the other thought process is because there is a lack of speed in this, they might be willing to go forward. So uh, I'm really not sure how uh, how they'll ride locomotive. But, um, yeah, Laurentino does just look the only speed runner in this event, um, doesn't she? He. I must, he. I must pause you for one moment, Terry, okay. because... For weeks on the podcast, you've been mm. asking for Laurentinio, Chloe as a party, and mm. fourteen hundred meters, and it's just like it's all happening on Saturday. Everything, all your wishes have come true. Yeah, and, and a suitable speed map, which again looks uh, looks like we found that. I, I would have liked to find a race with a touch more speed where uh, he didn't have to lead and he could get some cover. But in saying that, uh, with the easterly in play and a really, really um, slow few runners underneath him, well, not mm. slow, but nothing that's going to want the top. Um, 
Yeah, it, it looks very, very, very suitable, and I'm absolutely amazed. Uh, one agency just went up eleven bucks, which which didn't last long, but um, the seven dollars or so that just that uh, surprises me. Um, that he I sense isn't, that you're um, licking your lips. Derek. Uh, the, the the lips have been uh, the lips have been licked, <laughs> BJ, with some uh, <laughs> with a fair degree of passion. I'm gonna need to go buy a chapstick after this uh, <laughs> after this podcast. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty bullish. Sherpa Lass is, uh, geez, that's been gifted some wins, hasn't it? His last two wins, Chris Parnham has ridden that a 50 out of 10. Uh, it, again, it should get the absolute run of the race, but um, I don't know. I think this is harder. I think he's up. She's up in weight. Geez, I'm I'm on the ball with me genders at the moment. Uh, she's up in weight. Uh, Lass, who would have thought a horse with a called Lass would be a uh, mare? Um, she's up in weight. She will get the run of the race, but surely uh, she tastes defeat for the first, first time crack at fourteen hundred two. Yeah, there's, there's there's many a negative uh, next to Sherpa Lass, but the positive is she will get the gun run probably yep. somewhere near the back of Laurentinio. Um, and she's a, just a winner as well. So just knows I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what that feels like, but uh, just uh, <laughs> just knows where the finish line is, Sherpa Lass. Yeah, no, she's uh, she certainly does. She knows uh, how to get her head down at the right time. Mm. Um, but I'm going to double play here with a real high degree of confidence. Smart, he ran the second quickest last two, um, uh, just uh, just a week ago. Luke puts her back up to the 1400 meters forget the first up run she nearly i mean she was lucky not to fall really the way yeah, that was wild that was a uh, that was another dog's breakfast uh, a breakfast for canines of that race um so i'm expecting i'm even expecting a little bit of aggression potentially um they'll be aware laurentinio's on uh her inside so um, i wouldn't be surprised to see um maybe even come across and try and sit mm. outside the lead i don't know um and she's quite got the speed too. But if you look at the way she jumped, both first up and second up, um, I think she's jumping better this campaign than she has in the past. Uh, even though she was restrained to last, last start, I think she still jumped really nicely. And if they wanted to, they could have been somewhat aggressive. So um, I think she'll land a lot closer. And I just think those two have got panels on on, on these. Um, I really like resistance. Look out, Lockie, they're going really well. But from barriers 14 and um, and 13, they're going to be in a different hemisphere with an easterly. It's fair to say they're going to be backish. They're going to be well back. So, mm. oh, this is just a – yeah, this is an absolute uh, goer for me. I've I've – gone into this race with a fair degree of bias I do with most but I've marked Laurentinio $3.40 and Smarty $4 um, mm. so we're talking 7s and 10s at the moment so um, yeah, I'm going to go to Kennards after this and uh, grab a Bobcat and uh, drive it down and uh, well, I'm not going to drive it down to the TRB because they're not open but uh, I'll just drive it somewhere I'm just going to drive a Bobcat <laughs> round with some money in it and try and get it on these two horses anyone wants to back and forth me get on for me please um, I need to see some vision of the Perth Racing Guru driving a Bobcat that'd be yeah cool. it's amazing that I'm this bullish when I've uh, when I've been in as poor a form I had so I'm uh, very much looking forward to this uh, the two horses that the settle in the first four or six um in particular laurentinio um yeah a good crack at, at the pair for me bj good yeah i can see exactly where you're going for there i um i knew that you would be all aboard the laurentinio train um just tick 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 for the prg um for me though i am i have a bit of a soft spot for a horse called sliced bread 
had some really good form as a three-year-old, ran some nice races at Belmont last prep, won the Gannon's Ladies' Day Cup at Northam and not quite sure what happened at its last start uh, before a spell. Um, it was a bit too bad to be true, over 1,800 metres back in a race won by Cockney Career in October. Went for a break, um, really launched late, first up over 1,200 in a Sky uh, Sky Channel um, series heat, the race won by Ice Trade. That was a super first up run. From barrier three, rising to the 1,400 metres, I think Brad Parnham's going to have sliced bread um, somewhere in the first four, five in transit. Begins well enough to put himself there. Had good form around Laurentinio when Laurentinio was in uh, career best form uh, at Belmont last uh, September, around that, that period. I just think if Slice Bread gets the uh, gets the right run, stalking the leading division, I I suspect he can run a big race at um, each way odds. I think best available is about uh, seven or eight, maybe even a touch of nines floating around at the moment. So uh, I was pretty keen on Slice Bread. Um, but I can see exactly where you're going with Laurentinio. I um, I won't be following up with Sherpa Lass. I think this is the race that um, you the can... The bubble bursts. Uh, well, I think you can oppose her here. Um, up in grade, up in weight, up in distance. Um, but yeah, you're right. She has been give, afforded a lot of favours. But all you can do is win... But, uh, but yeah, like, I, you know, Smarty was a good horse to me last prep. Uh, Ukkad Loki is, um, geez, he's, he's going good. Justin and Lucy Warwick have got got him sussed. Um, resistance, her win at Pinjaro the other day was super. So mm. she's going to be, she just she's flying this prep, almost career best. But for me, um, I'm leaning towards sliced bread on top. It just looks like a race where it's just going to be suited to those horses in the first five or six, and they're yeah. really quality horses too. Like oh, Slice yeah. Bread's the danger for me, definitely. It's funny, actually. I was discussing Slice Bread with a friend yesterday. How do you – do you like a, a thick cut, PJ, or are you more of a, a thin thin man? Uh, I'd say probably somewhere in the middle, Terry. Mm, okay, that's a bit boring. Just going yeah, to lo- lo- lob your ass on the fence again, okay. What about you? What's what's your oh, – Nice and thin. Bread, bread's just there to basically – it's just there as a base, as a vessel for whatever's going on top, basically. That's that's where the flavour comes from. So. Right, right. So mm. you're a lo- lo- low-carb kind of man? Yeah, well, I, yeah, we, we try to be. We try to be. I'm going to uh, – I might uh, start a blog about bread slices and, uh, and food <laughs> after this one. So. Uh, but, yeah, no, sliced bread definitely um, – Slice bread definitely is the uh, is the danger um, to those runners. Very good last start against Ice Trade. So, um, yeah, I think one of our three will win. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, moving on to the first feature of the day, the old Comrade Stakes. Um, and this is a really nice uh, a nice little field here, BJ. How good is this day of racing? Like, it's just... Mm. I, I'd almost say it's just it's the best card we've had in 2020. What do you think? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I've My brain's not really working, so I can't really remember past last week, but uh, it is a cracking card. I, I've had a bet in just about every race pre-post. So, um, well, I've had multiple bets in just about every race pre-post. But, uh, yeah, I, I really, really like the card. And this is a really interesting race, and I reckon there will be varying opinions because, I mean, once again, Wrinkley gets the, the big easterly, so he'll, he'll be out in front and be nice and cheeky. Out in front, um, but yeah, there'll be, there'll be varying opinions here, Beach. So you're going to probably tell me why Media Baron's going to win, aren't you? I will. I just wanted just to mention something. Mm-hmm. Did you do you remember uh, old comrade at all? No. 
No, it was a bit before your time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah look, I'll, I've heard, just touching on the, the horse that this uh, particular race is named after, I've heard Bob Peters um, in interviews um, you know, he, he doesn't really like to um, get too enthusiastic about his own horses, but there is there's always a twinkle in his eye when he talks about old comrade. Now this horse, he was um, he was a champion, and, and unfortunately he um, he got injured, and we didn't didn't see him um, for as long as what we would have hoped. But in that time, I think he won two railways, uh, or he, he won a ra- railway, two Kingston Town Classics, and an Australian Cup. Um, and that was only after 22 starts. He was trained by Lindsay Smith and was ridden predominantly by Paul Harvey back in back in the day. And that 2002 Australian Cup win where he nailed the, the Fighting Tiger northerly right on the line at Flemington will go down in the ages as one of, one of the great races. So just, just wanted to mention Old Comrade, one of my personal favourites from back in the day, and he thoroughly deserves having this race named in his honour. Very good. Um, now... Um, Yes, I am here to tell you how and why Media Baron can win. Um, you uh, you flagged a few episodes back that this horse is um, he's just flying and he will he's headed he's headed straight to listed company or black mm-hmm. type. I think it was the word you said, black type. Um, since then, he got beaten in Austral in the Esperance Cup. Probably should have won. He he won over the Ascot Mile with Chloe as a party on board um, on. March 14, and that was impressive, knocking off Laurentinio, actually. Um, and then he um, – I reckon he really just toyed with his rivals over 1,800 metres two weeks back. Paul Harvey Against just, Patton um, too. Against Patton, hands and heels. Um, he is going to have a field position disadvantage over the likes of Wrinkley and Harry Thomas, but that – is his lot in life, Media Baron, and that's the way he's been racing. And that's the way he's been performing well. The thing with him is he's been able to absorb really fast tempos, and um, admittedly in um, in lower grades, but he still had the strength and the closing speed to to get over the top. It's been mightily impressive. He's almost the form horse of the state. Oh, we've spoken def- about definitely. this. We've yeah. spoken about this at length. I just think, and Paul Harvey rides him well. David Harrison, Paul Harvey there. They're doing remarkable things, and we'll, and we'll no doubt be talking about them again very shortly. I just think Media Baron, he's just he's flying. I just think he wins again. Platoon, I'm scared of, but he. Um, You've got him at the top of the get- question for you, Beige. You got him at the top of the straight platoon, and Media Baron will should be in my map. Media Baron's behind Platoon. They make their runs. Platoon's got say a length and a half on Media Baron at the top of the straight. You're confident Media Baron can out sprint Railway Stakes third place getter, who should be peaking. Uh, peaking duck uh, third up. You think Media Baron can outsprint Platoon by a length and a half? Yeah, I think he can. Okay. I think he can. I'm not yeah, saying he can't. I'm, current, just, I'm just asking just, the question. Just in his current form and just the the numbers he's been producing, uh, I think I think he can. Platoon is no slouch. Like he's a serious racehorse. Platoon, but he gives you a chance every, as well. He likes to drift back and he he gets off the bit and needs a lot of riding from Stevie Parnham. So um, so there's an opportunity there for Harvey to to creep into the race and being right on top of Platoon rather yep. on straightening. I think they're the they're the two for me. Um, the market agrees. Um, Platoon and Media Baron. Yeah, they're the. They're at the head of the market. Although, surprisingly enough, and you, you mentioned this off air, 
the market is quite strong on Pims Royale, uh, but you're more attuned to the um, the Fernie operation than me, so I might throw to you on that. But yeah, as you mentioned, Wrinkley and Harry Thomas will be doing what they usually do up on top of the speed, and they'll give themselves every chance. I suspect up to the mile with um, Media Baron being a bit of a point of difference horse. I'm pretty confident that he can continue on his merry way and win again. Pike back on Western Temple. He just peaked on his run last start with Paddy Carberry on board. Western Temple, Temple could be the knockout if he produces his best. But for me, I'm pretty keen on sticking with Media Baron. Very good. I thought that would be the uh, the way you would head. Um, I'm just a little bit worried with Media Baron. Um, it, this is a big step up in grade. As I mean, you can see, he's beaten Juicing Carrots, Laurentinio, second to push to pass. Uh, it, it's a massive step up in grade coming from last on a, on that hot tempo with the Easterly. Um, I, I have no doubt he can win the race, but he's got to be a little bit of a risk at that price. Um, you mentioned Pims Royale. These grossly under the odds um, not only is he having his first go at the mile but Jason Whiting rising for the first time and he's again likely to be sprinting from a very similar position as Platoon and um, and Media Baron so you'd be a brave man to take the five bucks there I'd suggest you will see 12 13 14 dollars upwards late maybe even um, a little bit more about Pims Royale so that's not where we're going to look but um, I'm actually quite keen on one here BJ and I've surprised myself um, where I've landed here. So I'm going to talk you through the map first of all. I, I think Wrinkley will jump and lead from barrier one. Harry Thomas from two. The idea will be with Harry Thomas to uh, probably get the suck on Wrinkley again. I don't know if they'll want to race um, in the breeze outside of Wrinkley, but I think they'll want the suck. But I think Pike on Western Temple from barrier five and, and in between uh, those runners. So barrier three and four is pushing shapes and touches silver. Neither are super quick early. So I'm, I'm confident Pike can get across and probably find the back of Wrinkley, who over the first 30 metres of a race is slower than Harry Thomas. Does that make sense? Yep. So basically, while Harry Thomas, while Jared tries to restrain on Harry Thomas and probably get the back of Wrinkley, Pike will already have used Western Temple a little bit early to grab the back of Wrinkley. That's how I think it'll work out. And I think that'll be just such a good spot to be with. Pims, um, and in particular Platoon and Media Baron, five lengths off you on a, on a hot tempo. So if you go through, I actually went through last night and uh, it took me a while, um, went through Western Temple's career best performances and I, I looked for um, any similarities I, I could find in those wins. And there was one striking similarity is that the middle section of a race um, was really ramped up and they went... Um, um, they went really quickly throughout the middle section of a race. It's usually when a horse like um, it abdicated it was once or twice uh, or, or a horse like Wrinkley was involved where, you know, they, they settle early then then try and kick along, break their hearts mid-race and, and that looks to be a situation where Western Temple um, really excels. So um, from a speed map point of view, I don't think Western Temple is the best horse in this race. I think Platoon, um, I think uh, Media Baron and I think probably even Pims Royale are the best horses in this race. But... I think Western Temple with Pike on, second up, a little bit of extra fitness. I mean, you can't straight away Carberry to Pike. That's worth two lengths um, instantly. The, the map is so suitable here. Um, I just think he's the mapped winner, to be honest. Mm. Uh, and I, I think it will take a dream run, but I think everything looks to be um, in Pikey's favour for, for that to occur. The most important thing for Western Temple is going to be that Wrinkley turns up again. If Wrinkley's gone, occasionally we see Wrinkley gone at the 500 or the 400. If that does occur, he's probably stuffed. Um, he needs Wrinkley to give him a good kick like he did um, a fortnight ago and, and put him into the race. 
Brinkley does that again, and um, he gets a head start on him with Pike sitting down and, and riding Western Temple out. So I'm um, and the Easterly in play, and the way this will be run, pretty keen. Western Temple. Mm, yeah, good stuff. I surprised myself. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't imagine he'd be one of your horses, no. Western Temple. No, he's not. Uh, really. I do remember one day he probably should have won a mile race at Ascot that was won by sorry at Belmont that was won by Taxigano beat. Cockney crew by a nose and a nose away in third was Western Temple. So that's pretty, pretty good form. He's always been a pretty good horse, Western Temple, but he was a bit of a nonny there for a while. Yeah. Um, five wins and 11 seconds. But, yeah, Pike on, good draw, maps sweetly from um, – from gate five. It's I basically exactly gate three with, with, with the two slow ones, pushing shapes and touch of silver, three and four. It's basically gate three because he, yeah. he should jump um, better than those two and, and land on them. So, um, yeah, Western Temple, a, lot, a, a bit needs to go right, but but on, on paper it looks like it all should occur. So I just think if Western Temple can have four lengths or so, which I think he will on the bend on horses like um, Media Baron Platoon, I think that might be enough. Good. With, with uh, Good. a strong okay. hands and heels ride from Pikey. No worries. Um, moving on to our feature yes. of the day, the Amelia Park Group 2 $500,000 Caracatta Plate, 1,200 metres for our best two-year-olds, Terry. And uh, Takes, takes a good horse to win this race. It sure does. All eyes are on uh, the exceptional Colt. Gemma's son. We saw last week that um, Tuscan Queen was the class runner in the Oaks. She went around uh, red hot, um, odds on fave, got the job done. You you suspect class will rise to the top again in the Caracatta Plate on Saturday. Gemma's son is around the dollar seventy mark mm-hmm. today. Is okay. What horses are capable of beating Gemma's son? Uh, if they produce their very best, and Gemma's son is a bit off, Terry. Like, what what circumstances can you see? How how are the other jockeys, which you flagged earlier in the podcast, how are they going to make life difficult uh, for Paul Harvey and Gemma's son on the fave? Like, what's what's the scenario where this thing gets beat? Well, he still has Barrier Seven, so it's not it's not a certainty that he finds a spot. Or it was quite interesting um, last time out that they uh, that Paul actually took a sit on him. So whenever you're taking a sit, something can go wrong in a race. You can get caught deep. You can a number of things can happen. And if you look at the horses drawn underneath him, um, I'll, I'll prefix all of this by the fact I've marked Jamison a dollar sixty and expect Jamison to win. But um, with two year olds, I think you can always uh, you're very brave taking shorts about uh, about um, horses with a lack of race. Experience. Experience, but if you if you look at the horses underneath, uh, we're talking Brooklyn Pier, Dark Assault, uh, Salaya, come Magic Time Scale. They're all drawn underneath Gemma's son, so they're all quick enough to um, put some pressure on and not allow Gemma's son to get to the top. So straight away, it means Harvey will have to take a sit, and from there, they can just throw up a a curve ball or two. But um, it, it's pretty hard to fault what he's done thus far, and, and you would suspect with normal luck, he'll be pretty difficult to beat. Vj. I've, yeah, my map. I can almost, I almost have him leading. Terry, yeah, I, to, I think they could. That's, that's the thing. I yeah. think they could. But there are five horses underneath that do have some pace. I mean, you've got a Simon Miller on a time scale who the blinkers have gone on. Come Magic was pretty quick once he mustered um, from Barrier yeah. Four, and I know Dan Luciani will have no blinkers on. They'll have no other mindset than to to lead this race. So um, if he doesn't step, or or, or Harvey 
doesn't go out with a really positive attitude to want to lead, I think he'll have to end up sitting or, um, yeah, small chance he's parked deep, I guess. Mm. I've only got two spots for him. He's either going to lead or he's going to be outside come magic. Um, okay. he, that's that's my – I just went back and watched his Magic Millions um, performance and he just out-muscled everything that – Harvey was just like out-muscled everyone who was trying to – um, make a play for for the lead or sure sure this is pr- probably a, a deeper race than the the magic millions it certainly is a deeper race and a f- faster race but yeah i i can see grand final day i don't think Har- paul harvey the pontiff is going to be taking um, any chances on the best horse in the race he's just going to go forward put him in the spot he's big strong fast four from four yeah, look, good yeah. luck. Do you, good remember, luck do you remember talking about a year ago to this date, just saying how Jericho Missile pops behind him and Pikey on, oh, geez, just go straight past and this is all over, isn't it? Similar colours. So I reckon David Harrison would be having a, a few nervous, uh, a few restless nights sleep before uh, before this year. But I mean, the good thing for him is Dig Deep can't run as a three-year-old in the uh, in the character, <laughs> so that's the, uh, that's, the that's, that's the positive for him. So I think Gemma's uh, sons. I think Gemma's sons a superior horse that Jericho. Missile, but yeah, yeah I, I get your point. A superior it's, two year old, it, at least, yeah. It's um, to be, so, but yeah, I just think he just just wins for um for me. I think it's a race for second between uh, Starfield's Watch Me Dance and Starfield Impact. How can you? Have, I don't understand how anybody can have Starfield Impact from fourteen. Like, how how does anything go right from Barrier fourteen? It, it, it'll trade at twenty dollars plus on the exchange. I I just I just can't see how it doesn't lead up a three wide line or. Yeah, I, I just I just can't see how anything goes right for Starfield Impact from from fourteen. It might not, it might, but it's it's just a good horse. It's just a good filly. It's a winner. It's it's got some strengths and some weapons. It's in form. It's it just has to. I, I can see exactly what you're saying. So much has to go right, but it, but it um it can it can handle some adversity and still run well. Watch me dance is um going to be getting drifting back probably worse than midfield and running on again. Interesting runner for me. The bit of a wild card is i'm a single man oh, you're about to steal uh, my thunder sorry you're about to steal my thunder i think all oh, right yeah i'm a single man i really like this horse at the trials it um it won on debut midweek uh knocked off our boy dylan that form has been franked geordie turner's got a bit of a sticky ride from gate 10 but this horse looks above average i wouldn't be surprised to see him finish top four either and the other horse i just want to mention he just he hasn't really gone through the same path as most of these, um, but every time he's – basically every start he's produced uh, hasn't done a lot wrong, and that's Dom to shoot. Um, gate speed is a bit of a bit of a thing, so he might end up in a poor position, uh, running position, but uh, his form's just too strong to ignore. So, But for me, it's all about Gemma's son, and I think it's a race for second between Watch Me Dance, Starfield Impact, and I'm a Single Man, Terry. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna back I'm a single man each way, place heavy at a tick over four to one. Um just very simplistically, and it's not always the best way to go about it, but just looking at the um the form lines through it. I mean, so I'm a single man was dominant over Queen Brown um in a trial. Queen Brown then came out, probably should have beaten Dom Deschute, who um who had basically finished alongside Watch Me Dance at its previous start. I mean 
As you mentioned, our boy Dylan uh, ran second to I'm a single man on debut. Um, it's never easy on debut uh, to come out and win. Um, it did get the run of the race from the gate, but I liked the fact that he actually jumped in um, uh, on that occasion. Didn't have to just uh, settle dead last. So that was quite a nice thing to see. I yeah, think he jumped, might have... Jumped well too, didn't he? Yeah, he well, did. Yeah. He could have led yeah. it, just about led if he wanted to. I, mm. I think he... Um, I think he ran the quickest last two for any two-year-old of the season. I think I read that somewhere recently. So he's got a really nice turn of foot about him. Um, all mm. the form does add up, even though it was only a midweek zero Metro win race. It's only a couple of trials. Um, I think from barrier 10, if I've got this right, and, and we see a horse like Starfield Impact, who, as you said, is a really t- – and we saw Starfield Impact two starts ago win sitting three deep the trip – if, if Starfield Impact leads up a three-wide line, that, that might be a really nice spot to be. Yeah. Um, and I, I think from barrier 10 with a little bit of toe, if, if a lot's going to need to go right, but if I'm a single man, finds cover in that line, I'm expecting, um, I'm expecting him probably alongside uh, Watch Me Dance to really be putting in some big strides late. Um, yes. So for me, expecting Jemison to win, but no way will I be taking a dollar sixty um, about a two-year-old. So uh, I'm a single man each way. Place heavy. I think it's about sixteen, seventeen, eighteen to one. Um, it's it's a hard one to suggest when to bet. Mm. If Jemison starts a dollar forty-five on Betfair, everything else is going to be out the door. Um, but I'm a single man is also a Jan Jimmy runner. We know that support can come for them in spades at times. So. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I think 10 to 1 is a fair price. I'm a single man. So each way, I'm a single man. And a big watch on one that I reckon will be 70, 80 to 1 bet fair late. Uh, race on speed will probably get the perfect run. Probably lacks the killer blow, but can run a place at probably $10, $12 for a drum. Is a uh, dark assault for uh, for Woy Wodgers. Um, yeah, trigger. Being, yeah, trigger. Since the blinkers went on, first few runs were, were pretty average. Blinkers went on in the Magic Millions. It was huge, huge behind big run. Yep. Huge. Yep. And then... Um, yeah, smashed uh, – well, ran second to Jamison last week, but beat the third horse by two lengths who came out to win on Wednesday, Charlton Eddie. So, yeah, they're, they're the two I'd be looking to play around each way, specking this and that. But, um, yeah, Jamison does look very nice. Uh, nice conveyance. Sure does. And, um, yeah, he's out to make it five from five, Jamison, and um – yeah, really stamp himself as, as one of the more outstanding two-year-olds we've seen in recent times. So that is the wrap-up of the preview of the Karakata Plate, Terry. Mm-hmm. So that moves us on to, you know what, it's the Get Out Stakes. S-T-E-A-K-S, BJ. Yes, Market City meets Get Out Stakes, very popular Twitter-based competition. So get your entries in at the 1-1-Pod on Twitter. Very simple stuff, this, Terry. So we uh, nominate a horse and a decimal winning margin. Two decimal places um, would be preferred, but either or. Um, now, if you if you make sure you get them in, obviously, prior to the running on, on Twitter at the11pod, and you'll be in the running for a delicious gourmet beef package from delicious. the largest retail, <laughs> sh- retail shop in Perth. Market City Meats, absolutely fine dining. And, um, and yeah, if uh, yeah, this is a pretty bloody good race to, to finish up what's a pretty bloody good program, Terry. It's pretty bloody good, isn't it, BJ? What do you reckon there'll be two pretty popular horses in the, uh, in the get-out stakes here, I'd suggest? What do you think? 
I imagine that we're going to get inundated with uh, Red Can Man and Laver Rod uh, nominations, Terry. We certainly will, BJ, and I'm. Um, I think we're going to throw our hats on different sides of the ring here. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to. I do like a, a progressive campaign. I'm not. I'm not big on your 1400 to 1100s, and as as well as Red Can Man is racing, that's a very um, tough assignment to drop the. Uh, to drop the few hundred metres and still have the same sort of flair and sprint in those legs. Um, the question has to be, why are we forgiving Laverod for uh, his failure last start at $1.40? Uh, I think it was one of those rock-hard tracks. I mean, everything was running time, jumping, running. I think he just got a bit gas sitting outside the leader with the 61. Um, and that was, that was telling, telling late when he, when he ran into a really, um, really up and coming promising horse in Cliffs of Comfort who was carrying no weight and, um, just basically ran him off his legs. So, um, back down to the 55 kilos, taking a sit on the back of the speed. My worry is that he ends up on the back of Tranquilla Sunrise with Red Can Man. Outside of Tranquilla Sunrise and um, and Red Cam Man gets a little bit of a jump on him because obviously Laverod will have to get off the back of uh, our Albany visitor, another Woy mm-hmm. Watchers runner. Um, but the ten-year-old, the ten-year—I tell you what—he deserves. He actually, yeah, actually, really deserves his crack in town as well. He's been racing brilliantly. What's he uh, won? Uh, six this prep. Six, six. He won the first oh, one yeah. at fifty to one, then at fifteen, and he's been pretty well thought of since then, as he should have been. So, um, yeah, and we see Tycoon Legend go around as a sixty-two raider in a seventy-eight plus after being scratched midweek. So, really good placement there <laughs> from um, from Kieran. Um, I am keen on Laver Rod BJ. I think that's about as much as I need to say. I'm a little bit worried about Carberry finding a hole at the right time, but. Um, I thought the three dollars, three dollars fifty earlier was really good. It looks to be getting eaten up a little bit at the moment, and I think we're talking about two seventy best, which is probably right on the mark. You want to be betting, um, but I suspect he'll be the one they support as well, Bernard. Now you give me Red Can Man's case. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can understand why why people might. Might not be thinking the 14 back to 11 is ideal. Um, in my leg up in my spiel, I just wrote that, um, yeah, I, I expected the market to favor Labor Rod, so there's no no surprise with the um, with the current quotes. Um, and obviously the uh, the 1100, 14 back to 11, as I mentioned before, isn't isn't perfect, but I just think this horse is top notch. He is versatile he has speed he has strength he's been really beginning well i suspect the tempo that tranquilla sun- sunrise will it's going to be handlebars down isn't it tranquilla sunrise from gate four claiming 352 kilos um they'll just be uh they'll just be attacking um, from the get-go, that means that Labor Rod's going to be in Tranquilla Sunrise's slipstream chasing the tempo. And I think, I think Red Cam Man can either just camp off um, Labor Rod and if Labor Rod comes out... Well, hang on. And, where, um, hey, where, have we got, where have we got Red Cam Man? Three back the fence. No, no, no. I think he can be out. Uh, initially, he can be uh, like outside... Um, Laver Rod, but not, um, but not ahead of him. Uh, breezing, or is there a horse? Is there a horse coming to sit outside the leader? He's he's breezing initially, but yep. my theory is is that Laver Rod will have to get off the back of Tranquilla Sunrise at some stage, and when he does, that's going to give Red Cam Man a um, a sweet cut into the race. Regardless, I just think that um, 
Sean McGruddy is riding this horse with extreme confidence. He's going to put him into the race at the right time. If it's if it's it comes down to a battle of um battle of speed and strength, I just think Red Cam Man's going to come out on top. Um, big respect for Laver Rod. Um, I can see why some of the gloss might have come off him after getting knocked off by Cliffs of Comfort the other day. But I agree with you. He had second up off a peak run, set outside on a quite a blistering tempo on a very fast track. So um, and maybe if Cliffs of Comfort wins race one on Saturday, that might um, it might just show us that that form is actually quite outstanding. So. Big respect for him. Um, anything that beats Laver on is, is going to be have to be pretty exceptional, and I think that is exactly what Red Can Man is. Outside of that, I think Plutocracy is probably my, my third pick, but I do think it's a race between Red Can Man and Laver Rod, the two-star three-year-old sprinters, and um, I'm leaning strongly towards Red Can Man in the get-out stakes. Very good. I like it. Great finish to the day and a great day's racing all in all. I'm excited. Can't wait. Yeah. Ah, me too. Looking forward to it. Uh, okay, Bernard, we're, uh, it's that time of the day where we uh, talk about our best betting proposition of the day. Do you have one ready to go? Do I have one ready to go? Um, is that it? Is, it? is it the can man? Is it the emu export? Well, that's what I was about to say. This might be a little bit contrary controversial uh but uh considering the uh the wave of support that i'm that i'm witnessing on uh, on dynamic odds for labor rod but uh i'm sticking fat with the bush chook red can man the in the uh, in the get out stakes very good the bush chook he's a, a popular <laughs> that's a very good name for a horse actually isn't it um okay red can man for bernard uh, i like a lot of them so it's a bit it's a bit difficult just to Pinpoint yeah, you sound, one. You sound but, very um, bullish, which is great because oh, it's like, amazing. We spoke, the form, I mean, we spoke on the phone amazing. last night, and you were, yeah, you were again. You were a touch on the flat side, so it's good to see you got a bit of a spring in your step today. Oh, I, yeah, was, there was a, a few moments yesterday that I, I disagreed with in the saddle, but uh, my best, uh, best betting proposition will be um, oh, the the Laurentinio Smarty race with the prices that are there. That's that's mm. easy. That's just a no brainer. So um, don't like to Dutch my best, but it's for me. It's a really really just on my prices, um, a really easy Dutch bet. Laurentinio, 6-7 to 1, 8 to 1, whatever it is now. And Smarty, I think, double figures. Um, that's that's madness. So uh, a higher stake on Laurentinio, but um, yeah, uh, Dutch that pair and you're getting uh, – my brain's not working. You're getting – you're getting over three to one, three four to one about touching that pair. That's uh, that's that's an easy um, best betting proposition race of the day for me, Bernard. All right, now moving on to Maddie's. So the the, oh. uh, the criteria for Maddie's is twenty dollars plus, um, and it looks a good day oh. for uh, especially with these big fields and these wide 10. open handicaps. Um, Terry has already thrown out a couple of Maddie's um, in the preview thus far. Um, what are you going to land on, Terry? Oh, it's got to be navy blue. 35 to 1. That's a uh, very, very simple one. Um, yeah, navy blue for me. Okay, and uh, over to you, BJ. What's your Maddie for the day? Well, the, he's not my Maddie, but we... Si- well, that's not what I asked. We simply have to mention uh, Tom Perth, a.k.a. Tom uh, Melbourne. Thomas. 
he is thirty-one dollars in that race on yeah, Saturday. I suspect nice. he's going to start shorter than that. Um, yeah, yeah. But that is shorter. that is kind of mad. But the horse that I'm going to settle on on a on a day which which um, provides quite a few twenty dollar plus opportunities for me. It's the thousand uh, meter race number eleven. She's vital. Thirty eight dollars on sports bet at the moment. Um, the Jeff and Fenella Martin Camper are going quite well at the moment. Uh, she's vital. Thousand meter horse. Nice low draw for Jerry Noski. That uh, she can run a bit of a race at a price. I like it. Good race for a uh, good race for a Maddie, That one. It is. Mm. It is definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's time to step into some horses to follow and top notch trialers. We'll start with our black bookers. Terry, have you got anything for the listeners? Oh, just the one today. Um, I thought it was pretty hard to miss the run of Glasgow Girl uh, last Saturday with Christy Bennett on. Absolutely rocketed home, um, running sectionals for the race that were. Uh, just nothing else um, got home like it. So wait for a senior jockey on next start. It's a horse that Lindsay has put Pike on in the past. Um, maybe up in class, so it doesn't have to carry the weight. And um, I think, uh, yeah, I think it'd be pretty hard to beat uh, at its next outing. But um, just the one today, BJ. That's incredible. She was uh, not really. She was one of my uh, horses to follow as well. Oh, hard to miss, but wasn't she? Um, hard to miss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, Glasgow Girl for me as well. There was another horse. I actually flagged this fellow in the podcast last week as a watch, uh, as a big, as a watch runner. Watch me nay nay having its first start. Have you learned for, the song yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> I haven't learned the song or all, all, mm. all the, the, the meaning. So, um, Watch me nay nay was a pretty good first up run the other day. That's good. Might not be second up, but I reckon you'll be ready to strike third up and. D. Harrison, like there, uh, that staple is humming at the moment. So watch me, Nana, as a horse to follow. And there was a two-year-old had its first start at Ascot yesterday, which most people would have seen Chicklet. running on Chicklet, running on with strength late from. Um, is it the Pierce Brothers, Chicklet? Yeah, yeah. We'll ask Dan about yep. it next week. Good idea. So Chicklet, yeah, that looked like a definite black booker. Um, I'm reviewing yesterday's Ascot meeting. So yeah, Chicklet. Watch me, Nene, and we both agree Glasgow Girl is a horse to be followed in the coming weeks. 100%. Now, a little birdie is telling me that you have a top-notch trialer or you've, or you've already yeah, given no, it away, haven't I you? I did. I already gave it away and it was only by accident that I saw it. So, uh, no, I thought Locomotive trialed really well. It's always a horse I've had some time for, but um, I don't think this is uh, his run first up, but a uh, really nice trial. So, it could be a uh, big campaign ahead for Locomotive, I think. Very good. Um, for me, there's been some – that Bunbury Turf Club set of trials on Monday, March 23, gee, there was some there was some gold nuggets there, Terry. Check check some of the replays out, um, not necessarily just only the winners. The Heat 4, the trial of Tredensia, um, Tredensia from the Michael Lane stable. That horse will be winning first up or second up. I'm convinced of that. Heat six, there was a couple of nice horses. I think they were both from the Adam Durant yard, Fiery Water and Blackwater Bay. Both running Sunday. Both running Sunday. Well, there mm-hmm. you go. W, they, w um, Pike in the saddle for both. On both? Uh, yes, on both? both, yep. Right, yep, yep. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, they, uh, they were both 
eye-catching trial is for me. And back at the Belmont set of trials on Monday, March 16, I noticed that Avalon Bay stepped out for new stable Robert and Todd Harvey, previously trained by SJ Miller from memory. Uh, Avalon Bay has always shown a bit of promise and it moved really well in its trial. I would suspect that uh, the Harvey racing combination will have that fellow ready to rock and roll first up when he uh, makes his return to racing in the coming weeks. Very good. So we're just going to uh, strip strip back the one one once again, and um, and just keep it to our horses to follow and uh, top notch trialers. If you do have a whatever happened to that you'd like us to chase up, please uh, at the one one pod um, and let us know, and we will uh, talk to the respective stables and try to find out where those horses are and uh, if they're in training or if they're in spelling or what they're up to so if you got any just hit us up on twitter but uh, i think it's time we wrap things up on another thumper edition of the one one terry yeah i like how we're um trying to sort of uh, go bare bones a little bit we're still going to manage probably an hour and 45 minutes so it's uh probably a testament to uh, our enthusiasm for the um for the card ahead bj so um good luck to everybody on saturday uh, it's a card where i think there's quite a few winners hopefully we've uh, pointed you in the direction of uh, of one or two um good luck to all caracatta aspirants good luck to david harrison in particular who will be looking to make amends after um jericho missile's failure as favorite in the event last year <laughs> who, who, who won last year again uh, he did that and won. That's all I can tell you. So I'm pretty yep. sure the listeners will be able to tell in the opening stanza when we get rid of our usual music and it's um, Dig Dave gets her ahead. Dig, Dig Dave did that and won. Uh, <laughs> not that I've, I've watched that. A, uh, I've watched that a few times. But uh, confident Saturday. Let's find some winners and um, look forward to having Dan Pierce on the blower next week, uh, next Thursday. And um, yeah, enjoy your weekend on the punt. And until next week on the one one. Thank you.